tell you one thing, if another green man pops out of me, I'm shooting first and asking questions later. They're coming to get you, Barbara. You are on the verge of destroying the entire universe. You're listening to Creeps in the Night with Sam and Logan. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to episode 12 of Creeps in the Night. Sit back, relax, and keep yourself nice and toasty by the fire. Today, Sam has an interview with Michelle D. Rocher. Michelle D. Rocher is head of Canadians Most Haunted, which specializes in research of the paranormal using both science and mediums. They have been consulted or have been featured on TV shows and magazines such as Paranormal Survivor, My Worst Nightmare, Haunted Case Files, Much Music, Paranormal Profilers, Ghostly Encounters, E.T. Canada, Kenny vs. Benny, Global, CTV, Creepy Canada, YTV, Ghost Mag, Toronto Life Magazine, A Haunting, and she has her own show series which is called The Outer Realm Radio Show. So without further ado, here's Sam's interview with Michelle DeRocher. Thank you for coming on the show. So I want to ask you for... Somebody like me, I've always been curious about things that are unknown. And I read in some of your bios that you had an attachment at a young age of 12. So is yeah. that how you got involved in the paranormal and the unknown? Um, yeah, no, not really. Um, it's, it's funny because it's a story I just recently told fully um, on a show called um, My Paranormal Nightmare. For the first time, I actually went into fully in-depth with it. It's a story I get asked about a lot. I did have an attachment um, that came in roughly around the age of 12. Could even have been a bit earlier. It peaked at about 14, which is normal um, for young girls, you know, going through puberty and peer Mm -hmm. pressure and that sort of thing. And um, I eventually got rid of it myself, or at least I gained control over my space i can't say that you know i got rid of it per se because you know they they can latch on for a while but it taught me that mindset is very important because a negative energy like that cannot dwell in a positive environment therefore by keeping your space and yourself very positive um they can't really gain a whole lot of control otherwise what they do and typically are known for is just amping up things like depression and anxiety and PTSD or addictions, things like that. So they need it to to feed from. And they like to divide and conquer, you know, everyone within your space or your home. So it was a really rough ride. But once I grasped an understanding of what that was about, it was a lot easier for me to coast through. And as I got into the field, which was much, much later, um, you know, years and years later. Uh, it's something that I, I I kept tuning in, I guess, or, or honing. So when I started helping people, that's pretty much where I started. It was mindset. So, so you just kind of like eventually just kind of like learn to be positive with this negative attachment onto you? I mean, that, that seems kind of difficult and it seems it makes you sound like a strong woman. But... Um. I'm just curious, like, like you, mm. you were saying that as a woman, you know, usually through puberty that happens. Is it more common with, with women, do you think? 
Well, it's common with it's common with children going through puberty because our bodies, especially women, mm-hmm. females, go through crazy emotional and physical sure. changes. So women, we tend to be very uh, we're very emotional. Yes, very <laughs> so. Well, very true. You know, the emotions really, really amp up and it makes it very attractive for things to come in. Also, women going through menopause, you know, whenever wow. that is. For some women, it's the okay. 40s, others 50s. Um, and and you can do something called psychokinesis, which is projecting energy, which means that you can throw it out there and you can get doors to open and close. You can create things with your energy, um, like footsteps and, you know, all even even scratches on yourself, believe it or not, um, and it really makes you feel like, oh my God, something's here. But I, I've worked with so many people through the years, and it's like it's not like that at all. People have an easier time accepting the fact that there's something really malevolent in the house than they do coming to terms with the fact that they're actually very powerful people. We as human beings are very powerful with energy, and we don't even realize that. So how long did it take you to understand your significance your energy that you had and you got rid of it or you were able to contain it well i mean i learned early on that when i was really positive things were really really good in the house when i was very negative things got very heavy in the house you know because i'd be arguing with my siblings more Mm -hmm. and 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 and, you know it was affecting my parents and um after a while i just became very even like, no, buzz off, you know, <laughs> just like, like it was almost just like having that roommate or to that, you know, that annoying, an, an annoying sibling or friend yeah. that you just didn't want around all the time. And, you know, I, and even now, ironically enough, you know, when I, I, I know I'm going to a location, um, they tend to know before you're even coming that you are, are definitely making your way there. And I've had things come into the house and just start knocking and scratching. And I remember one time specifically where it was being real pain in the neck, you know, like knocking all over the walls and the bedside table. And I'm in my ensuite getting ready and I just walk out of the room, grab my purse. I'm like, I'll see you in an hour, mister. <laughs> and that's it. And I just go out the door because I really believe that acknowledgement is empowerment. So you have to be very careful if you're going to acknowledge because some people don't, it's unintentional. People are, are fearful, so they'll be just like, leave me alone, you know, yeah. they'll, they'll fixate on it or try to do recordings or photos or things like that. And For me, it's just like, hold your ground, but you don't have to be, you just don't be challenging. And that's all, mm. you know, like I said, like, I'll see you in an hour. That's it. I'm out. You know, I've had situations where I've had people go almost into comas. Like it's crazy. Like their their loved ones just can't reach them. They they just try to pick them up. They flop down, you know. And I'm always like, call nine one one. Don't wait and assume it's something paranormal. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just I've just had a couple of situations where that didn't happen, and I I would just tap in mentally and just say, you know, that young man so better be awake when I get there. You have no freaking idea. And I get there, and the guy is like barely coherent, but he's at the door and he's answering that door. And I just like, and meanwhile, he'd been down for like 24 hours and doesn't have any recollection. So it's like some self-empowerment kind of keeps them at bay or kind of like you're setting the ground rules for them and they, do they have to follow them? Like, have they ever been like, you ever seen any situations where they're like, I don't care what you say. I'm like something malevolent. 
all the time. <laughs> they don't they don't want to listen to you at all. Sure. You know, they're, they're their own beings. They'll, they'll do whatever they want to do. Um, I just think it's a matter um I, I guess, you know, I've, I've just, I'm assertive enough. Mm-hmm. I'm positive. I, you know, you can ground your energy, which is helpful. But remember, like, they, they're like bullies. And when you confront a bully, mm-hmm. a lot of times a bully backs down. Yeah. I, I've had more people say to me, which is astounding to me, actually, that, you know, when I'm working with them, They'll call. They'll either call me and say you need to talk, and they put the phone up in the air. I'm like, what? <laughs> just say something, you know. Yeah. I'm like, oh, all right, you know. And I'm just like, knock it off. I'm freaking get over there, and that'll be the end of it. You know, it's like talking to a toddler. And other times, it's it's a matter of like, well, I've just I've said your name. I've used your name to say that you're going to come back here. I'm going, well, whatever works for you. But again, I think it comes down to the empowerment of the individual whatever it takes to make them feel like they are the ones in control because they really are. Hmm. They're just so used to being bullied or, or, you know, being oppressed that they are not realizing that they really are the ones in control of their space. That seems really interesting. Um, Something I also kind of was curious about. So on your website, it says you're a medium, right? But I, I remember mm. we talked before and you said you're not a practicing medium. Is that no. still true? Yeah, yeah. I'm not a practicing medium. A practicing medium to me is somebody who will do readings, let's mm-hmm. say. Now, it's not like, you know, somebody doesn't, let's say, like, I, I'm, I'm going to put it out there right now. I don't get on social media for messaging mm-hmm. very often because I get well over 100 messages a day between, like, like my social media and Facebook, especially sure. chaotic for me when you're looking at group pages and such. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but there are times, you know, for example, like, you know, somebody, I just, I just seem to get drawn to a message. And I'll just, I'll pick a message and I'm drawn there for some reason and I'll respond and, um, you know, and all of a sudden there's all this information with the person. So I'll give them all the, you know, I'll say, okay, well, you know, do you want to receive this message? Because I have some, I think I have something that is meant for you to hear. You know, you always ask permission. It's a proper way to do it. And they'll say, oh, you know, yes, absolutely. (laughs) You know, and then I'll, I'll give them a message, but I don't, I just, I don't do readings. For me, my mediumship was always used to assist people, but not for readings, just going into locations, um, you know, working with with the beings or the spirit beings there, seeing what's going on. But I find that now, the last many, many years, I've concentrated primarily on malevolent hauntings, you know, demonic oppression or infestations, things like that. And nobody in that house wants to communicate with this thing. Mm -hmm. So I pretty much am versed enough to know what I'm looking for. I don't need to go in there and communicate with something that the family wants nothing to do with. And then I get to leave. And now you're left with this being or this entity. That's like, well, you wanted to talk to me a half an hour ago. That's too bad. This is where I think some researchers I'd say go wrong but people often will go into a location to investigate it they're not always versed in being able to deal with the problem I have more researchers or investigators that will message me and say look ran into a problem 
can they help out or they just don't bother and they just say here here's somebody for you they do the groundwork they send it to me and it's like okay but um you know they they investigate some of them will go in there and bully or intimidate you know like mm. i demand that you yeah. show yourself yeah well you're an idiot because now you just made an invitation in a space that doesn't belong to you it belongs to this family mm-hmm. and it's not all about your alleged evidence really mm-hmm. because i mean there's a lot of it that can be discounted even though you've had the personal experiences and i've i've, I've had um, unbelievable you know voice recordings and footage but does it make it 100%? No, I don't think in this sort of field it makes it 100%. But what damage have you caused, you know, going in to try to get this alleged evidence? So you think they're kind of doing this for like showmanship or TV shows or types of ratings and they're just kind of ruining or messing up things or maybe they're just kind of hacks, maybe? Oh, there are some out there that are exactly that, oh, you know, really? um, that, that, that are for TV shows and such like that. Oh, I personally know um, a few, you know. Oh, you do? But, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but not naming names. No, I was say, if right you wanted there. to, I wouldn't be opposed. But if you don't, that's okay. Oh, no, no. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. No, it's, it, it comes down to an integrity thing. I you know, know, I'm not going to, I won't fall into it. But, but um, there are people who, you know, I, I've seen situations where people, you know, investigate or they bring me in on investigation and they know full well if I'm agreeing to do it, it's because I truly believe that there's something to it. And if I go there and find that there's something to it, <clears throat> then then the group turns around and says, oh, well, we don't think it was anything, even though there were multiple experiences and being followed home and all kinds of things. And then just to say to the client, well, we, we don't think we think it's something wrong with you, like emotionally or mentally or this or that. And um, <clears throat> it makes me laugh because it's the same group that go, oh, by the way, do you want to do this TV show? Because, you know, especially there's one in specific that that I spent many seasons doing as one of their contributors, um, which they call an expert, which is something I don't, I don't believe in in the field. But I always say contributor. Mm-hmm. And I have filled, you know, their entire season just with um, basically – people with stories and such and it's it's really amazing to me that you can turn around and tell somebody that they have nothing there um and then turn around and say hey do you want to do this tv show and it's one of my tv shows and i'm just laughing i'm just laughing going nah uh Like, what do you do with that, you know? Yeah, that's 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 a tough one. Um, uh, it exists, unfortunately, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. I've, I've watched a lot of those shows. When I was younger, I used to try and eat up all that stuff, you know, trying to figure out every type of show. But I got I got to the point where I felt like a lot of it was kind of set up or, you know, I was like, eh, there's no real definitive proof. So I just kind of, I, it kind of lost me. Well, this is a field that it is just that there is nothing definitive so how do you say that there's an expert in something that that is not definitive at all like you can't you can't really do it it's it's just a matter of of you know for me for example if i have something that comes back with a question mark on it i'm freaking ecstatic because Mm -hmm. that means Oh, I can 
I can further expand my research on this mm-hmm. and, and, and learn about it a little bit more as opposed to being like, oh, no, you know, this is the thing. I mean, even in the field of parapsychology, which is supposed to be more of a scientific approach, in the hundred years that they've been around, and anything I've researched, they still haven't found anything definitive, and yet they're <laughs> the scientific community. Wow. <laughs> you know? That's so, crazy. That's very impressive. That's crazy. I, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's no. crazy. That's for sure. Yeah, there's so many, like, you hear people, like, doing, like... Uh you know uh you know recordings and stuff like that evps and a lot of times like when they play them i i I don't know if i'm just not intelligent enough to pick it up but even when they have the subtitles but right it's it's just it's hard to to follow that and to believe that and i really want to don't get me wrong i i'm i'm like fox Mulder. i want to believe you know (laughs) yeah i agree (laughs) um but but, (laughs) like like for me what makes it interesting about you being a medium kind of going back to that for people who don't know a medium is like a type of psychic that's able to communicate with the spirit world using extrasensory perception. So how did you figure out that you were a medium? How did you know that you, that you were able to do this versus like maybe just hearing, you know, voices in your head, you know, I'm not saying you're schizophrenic, but you know, things like that. how are we able to differentiate, you know, between the two? It's a very fine line. It's, it's why, you know, people like you, even the church will require you to, you know, speak with a psychologist or psychiatrist. There's a fine line between mental health of sorts and, mm-hmm. uh, let's say, mediumship or, um, you know, attachments, things of that nature. For me, it was just all very natural. Um, I, I was just seeing dead people at a very young age. And because I come from a family of mediums that goes, you know, way back, actually on both sides of my family, I've come to learn, but my mom's especially. So if I was seeing dead people, you know, let's say at a family get together for Christmas is one I remember very vividly. I was probably about four or five. Um, and I remember seeing a man standing there and, and like older type clothing is how I looked at it. Now I would say period clothing, mm-hmm. maybe early 1900s, you know, um, late 1800s. Um, and what was curious about my family where they did not look at me and say, oh, you're silly. Because this is something that a lot of parents are, yes. do wrong. Yep. Children are natural psychics. They have not lost that ability. Exactly. And if they do, it's usually around puberty because of the emotions and the changes. And they'll make their child feel very silly for bringing it up. And it's a true. lot of times negative things come in because the child's just not believed. And they feel they don't want to talk about it because mm-hmm. they don't want to be ridiculed. Yes. For me, my family took out old family photographs. And they just put them down and they said, oh. You know, the man that you saw, do you see him in any of these pictures? And I would pick him out, and they would tell me who it is. Interesting. So, but yeah, because it didn't make me feel silly. <clears throat> so I was never afraid to talk about who I saw. Did any of them you that know? you saw, though, like that, did they speak to you? Oh, gosh. Um, one, the one did. It turned out it was my grandfather's brother, <clears throat> and it was around Christmas time, and he said, Merry Christmas. And he's, he's, you know, and he smiled, and that's all he said. And when I pointed out in the photo who it was, my grandfather said, oh, yeah, that's my brother, Ulysses, and he he died, you know, uh, this long ago. And this one, he hadn't been gone very long. Um, And funny story with that is he was out to show you how, you know, the whole 
connection with the, the, the dead worked with that side of the family. My grandfather was away hunting. He was in the woods for a couple of weeks when he passed. And when he got home, my grandmother said, you know, I have some very bad news to tell you. And he goes, oh, no, no, don't worry. You know, Ulysses passed. He came and saw me. And we had a talk. And he said goodbye. You know, he, he went on to make sure he saw me personally. Wow. I was just like, wow. That's what I said. Yeah. Even now, I'm, I'm, I'm totally amazed at the stories that go through my family of connections with the living and the dead. I, I find that to be fascinating. Uh, I would be the same way as your family. Like, if any of my kids ever came up and told me that, I would not ridicule them. Because, like you said, the kid, children are innocent. They don't know the difference between, you know, things like that. And if you shut them down, it's... Like you said, it can invite, you know. I've seen it. Yeah, that's that's too bad. That's too I know. Bad. I, I've seen it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Children can be tellers of tall tales. Yeah, that's true. Sure. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you know, but when you have a, a child that says, oh, I have a friend. <clears throat> See, what, you, what people don't realize is what these, these um, non-human entities or demonic entities, they have the ability, the, I say shapeshift. Is it them shape-shifting or is it, is it them projecting to you what they want you to see? There's two different things mm. with the same end result, really. Um, so a child will, will say, well, you know, I have an imaginary friend because this other, this mimic, as we call them, is projecting himself as a small child. And all it takes is them to say, I really wish I could come to your house and play. And uh, the other child says, oh, you can come over. Well, now an invitation, invitation. has been made. So it makes it a little bit harder now because, believe me, these things take their invites very seriously. And they'll bully the child, they'll make the child feel fearful, they'll threaten the child, you know, and um, it gets really hard. If the child doesn't feel that they can come to you and say, you know, this is what's happening, Mm -hmm. you're the protector. If they can't come to you, then who do they go to? That's true. It's really hard, really hard. So, I'm, this is what I'm really curious about. One, one of the things is, can all spirits communicate with the living? Yes. So, they all have the ability. So, they all have the ability. So, is it that the human, like our psyche, that we're not allowing them to communicate with us? Like, why is it that some people like you can get the messages, but someone like me who wants to can't get them? Oh, you can definitely get them. It depends on a few things. Um, it'll depend on, first off, the spirit. Is the spirit strong enough? You know, if a spirit is ascended mm-hmm. or moved on to the next level, they, they have the energy to come back and, and, and visit. And if a spirit is grounded, does it have enough energy to show itself? You know, apparitions are not always easy. It does take a lot of energy. Sometimes they'll communicate with you in other ways, you know, like especially flickering lights on and off or, you know, um, footsteps or moving things around or like little things, smells. Mm -hmm. You know, for example, my grandfather passed and my grandfather used to love, you know, he'd get up early for work. He used to love black coffee and burnt toast with butter. He loved it. And Many times through the years, you know, um, family members, including myself, would smell in the wee hours of the morning, black coffee and black toast. And yet he's fully ascended. But that was his way of saying, look, I'm around because we recognize that was something he did. Hmm. So, I'm so gonna, it's things like that. So I'm going to have to ask you, what, what, what do you mean ascended? Like they, oh, when somebody sorry. passes, is it like levels when you die? 
No, but what happens is sometimes spirits get stuck. So let's say that um, people people remain behind for different reasons. Let's say if you're in an accident, mm-hmm. you got bounced out of your body really fast. If you're murdered, your spirit gets bounced off, you know, out of the body really quickly because the body dies like instantly, and the spirits get confused. Okay, kind of like what 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 just happened, you know? Okay. Or sometimes it's unfinished business, you know. Okay. There's, you know, the money is in the drawer. They're <laughs> trying to relay sure, things. Sure. Or sometimes they're trying to say, look, stay away from this person. This person killed me or this person did me wrong. Or there's many reasons why they remain behind. Sometimes, especially when you're going into the past, people were very God-fearing. You know, mm-hmm. like they, they were very, very um, religious people. So if you coveted thy neighbor's wife, which is one of the big, you know, 10 commandments mm-hmm. is a big no, no, you're liable to think, you know what, I'm going to take my chances and stay here because I'm going to help and I don't want to do that. So there's another reason why they might stay behind with the fear of God. If, if you've taken your own life, um, you know, religious belief systems will have you think, well, only God has the right to take your life. So, you know, you're going to hell or you're going to be stuck here. It doesn't work that way. Usually when someone takes their own life, you have to think about the mindset they were in. How low or depressed do you have to be to end your own your own life, your humanity, mm-hmm. like to take it away from yourself? That does not change just because the body dies. Oh. Everything remains <laughs> With the essence, your memories, your feelings, your emotions, that's energy. That doesn't, that doesn't go away because the body stops working. I mean, think of yourself as driving a car, you know, mm-hmm. and you, the car stops working. You're going to find another way to get around. So it's usually the mindset of the spirit when we can connect to these spirits and basically let them know, no, you're okay. You'll be fine. Move on. They see this big, bright, beautiful light or whatever it is that they see that's supposed to draw them towards mm-hmm. their afterlife, the next level of their journey. A lot of time, it's their own fear that keeps them from doing that. So so this light, this in the afterlife, um, have any entities ever passed in and ever came back? Like once you go in there, are you stuck there? Like is that a heaven or is that a hell? Like do you have any idea? Well, you have the right to come back and forth as much as you want. And I've worked with spirits on this. I I remember working with a spirit who had been murdered here, and she wouldn't leave. And I said, you know what? You can go back. Just just go. I promise you, you can come back. I promise. But they come back without all of, of the emotions and the baggage. And, you know, this woman did have schizophrenia, so she was always hearing voices. And, you know, tapping into her, I could hear all the voices. So she went very quiet for about half an hour. And all of a sudden, she came back, but there were no more voices. I said, oh, you made it. And she said, yes. So she it was an example to her that she could come back and forth as many times as she wanted. But she didn't have all that, that sadness with her and the angst. It was just gone. So you can. And, and as far as heaven and hell... There's a lot of theories with that. It's, it's it's pretty much mindset. It's pretty much dimensions, you know, multi-dimensions. You know, if you believe in multiverses or mm-hmm. multiple dimensions, yes, you can have many dimensions in one space. 
But like anything, you have to look at it as maybe listening to one radio station at a time, one frequency at a mm-hmm. time. You know, there are time slips, there's all kinds of stuff. So what is it exactly? Heck, right down to dealing with demonic entities. Are you really dealing with extraterrestrials? Because now that I'm much older and wiser than that 12-year-old or that Mm 14-year-old, I see similarities between the two. And I know I've had abductions. I know I've had experiences with extraterrestrials because I still do. So what was I really being visited by? And was it my mindset that stopped me from properly connecting with them? So you so you think you've you feel like you've been visited or dealt with extraterrestrials? I know I have. Yeah. Huh. Right to this right to this day, for sure. And what is, what's their purpose? Um, I think it's different for a lot of people. I, I was as a child, I think, you know, we, we tend to be a lot more open to it because it our our thought process is just very it's very pure. We don't necessarily fear it because they they come, they reach out mm-hmm. and and I think it really depends on the species you're dealing with, right? I mean, I've 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 had experiences with a couple, um, but the greys are the ones that are the most most well known and the ones that seem to make contact a lot. And I mean, what bothers most people, myself included, is it's almost like they're these lurkers that come around, you know, in your mm-hmm. in your in your room while you sleep. It's like stop it. The most malevolent. Like, it's like is what you're. I hear. Well, yeah, it, it, because it's making it makes you uncomfortable, right? Sure. But you have to understand that they don't really necessarily do well with all these LED lights. Mm-hmm. You know, they they they, and remember also, like, are they going to get picked up on radar? Um, there are there, you know, what's going to grab their attention? I remember seeing a craft when I lived up north. I was probably about you know twenty years old. And the next morning, and this was like 2, 3 in the morning. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's nobody around. So, obviously, radar picked up on them from one of the military bases because the next morning, the entire valley was teeming with military helicopters from the North Bay area that had come over to the Sudbury region. Like, they were down in this valley looking for something. So, I think some of it is because things might be more quiet Things are darker. I've gotten to a point where this is a really big house and we leave sections of it. I mean, it's unused because mm-hmm. we just, we don't need to use all the space in this house and we leave it dark for them, you mm-hmm. know? And, um, you know, I, I think you just have to really listen because they'll give you downloads, you know, they'll give you all kinds of information if you just pay attention it sounds like a lot of people who do get abducted, though, get information. It sounds like it's a lot of times, I don't know, and it might just be, you know, the, the TV shows that I watch or that they 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 give cases on. But it's usually like bad information, they, like like um, bad experiences, I should say, that people get from the greys. Like like I said, the malevolent, they, they're probing, you know, whatever it may be. They're... <laughs> okay, but when you go to the vet, they probe your cat or your dog. Sure, sure. I, I get that. I, I, even I, even your baby, it's, right? It's to invasive, take the temperature, I guess, right? goes right up, you know. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, yes, there are bad experiences. They they can. But if you're going to go in there, you know, fighting and, 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 and making it really difficult, I don't think they're going to make it very easy on you. But so you there's also... You just go in, we'll, we'll just accept it, you're saying? 
Well, no, it's not that you have to necessarily accept it. I think it's a process that that some people go through, not everybody. Mm -hmm. There are people who've had, for example, if they're trying to help you, there are people, I have clients especially, who have been helped with their cancer, completely disappears. They've had heart conditions fixed. They've had all kinds of things fixed. Oh, yes. And with that being said, obviously that's going to take a little bit of invasive work on your physical body. But I think, you know, again, it's a matter of, like, for myself, I can only speak for me. Um, Once I realized that it wasn't a really malevolent experience, um, I relaxed with it. And one night, I, you know, I hadn't even fallen asleep yet. I just rolled over because I was tossing and turning and I looked and there was like a four foot or four and a half foot gray standing right in front of me. He was so close I could almost touch him. Oh, did it freak you out? All I remember saying was, nope. And I rolled back over. (laughs) No, thank you. I was like, nope, not doing it tonight. Uh -uh." You know, and there were times where I would wake up in the middle of the night and I could feel like hands on my head, like they're giving me information or they're taking information because I do a lot of research. But I also find that when I'm doing research for some of my shows, um, I'm being led in different different ways of researching it and I find phenomenal information. Or if I want to know something, I'm just, you know, if I'm tinkering around and I start looking around just because I'm curious about about them, for example, all of a sudden I'm getting proper um, connections. So I'm either connecting with people who are really versed on it or I'm finding information that, that you know, that is basically assisting me. It's, it's been a really interesting journey with them. And if I want to see a craft, for example, I can think about it and chances are I'll see one. Are you serious? Yeah, and a lot there's there's a lot of people um, doing this right now. You really should Google Stephen Greer. You'll never get him on on a, on a, an interview because he charges huge for them now. But okay. he does this thing where he teaches people how to call them forward, and they do come. And it's usually people who are out in remote areas because they're obviously they're not looking. They they want to connect with people who want first contact. They want contact. And it's coming. So you, you know, like just I Google said, that. You can find some of his stuff on Netflix. I, I should. I should because like I he, told it's you, phenomenal. I really want yeah. to all this stuff. I really want to believe in it. I really want to see it. I just don't get any, I don't have anything firsthand that I could tell people that I've really experienced. Yeah. But that no, this is this is fantastic. So just to so we're kind of clear and the listeners, spirits and in aliens, they're two different things, right? They're not. Yes. But yeah. the spirits are could be interdimensional levels. Can the aliens also be that way? Okay. Well, here's here's the thing with that. A lot of it again comes down to to mindset. You know, a lot of people mistake, for example, angels or demons with extraterrestrials. There are extraterrestrials that are light beings. Are those angels that we see, or what? A lot of people will say that the demons that they see oh they're demons whereas other people be like no they're reptilians or draconians Mm -hmm. that's another or you know that's another form of extraterrestrial um i know that if you go back to the ancient times all of these beings have had experience with the ancients and lived among them Mm -hmm. 
So, you know, it's just somewhere along the line, we've been taught through hardcore religion and guidelines and rules. Ugh. No, it doesn't exist. Uh, military government hiding everything because they're they're harvesting technology. It became a control thing. Mm-hmm. I think we're coming back to a time where now it's more acceptable because everybody's got a camera phone and they're like, screw that. We're seeing everything. Mm-hmm. You can't hide it anymore. Now all of a sudden you've got all these disclosures happening. But when it comes to spirits, there are people who think, no, you're not really seeing a spirit, for example. You're seeing um, another dimensional you know, another spirit, let's say, in another dimension. Mm-hmm. For example, let's say you have a family member or a friend that passes away and you think you see that person's apparition or or, or they just look a little bit different. Okay. Well, there's some theories that say, well, if they look different, it's dimensional. It's like the same person can be in many different dimensions. They can split many times. Like, it gets really convoluted. There's so much out there. You could literally do a show just on one topic at a time and fill an hour. Hmm. I'm just giving you little crash, little tidbits of it. But there's a lot. There's a lot out there. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. It's <laughs> it fascinating. is. It really is. So, so you said about demons. Have you ever talked to an actual demon or malevolent entity? Oh, yeah. I'm always barking at them but um i talk at but i have had many experiences um you know through equipment i have a lot of equipment that speaks and i've had some come through and especially the one that you know used to be with me will occasionally come through i i came to find out that that specific one had been through my lineage for thousands of years oh really its name had come up yeah it came up one time and it went back like a couple thousand years or before actually Mm -hmm. so you know definitely they have longevity but um yes i have had some sort of you know communication where they like where you could record them and you're growling and snarling and, and you're getting all kinds of info but again what are you dealing with are you dealing with uh you know are you dealing with an et are you dealing what is a demon exactly that's a good question i was just about to ask like what, yeah, exactly. what is it religion tells us that they're it's fallen angels yes you sure. know that they are the nephilim that they're children of fallen angels sure. and so on but you know if you start getting into the, the ufologist will tell you that they are they are extraterrestrial if you go back to the time of the gnostics the gnostic text there's not a lot known about them up until you know, they found all of these these um, texts in recent years, and they spoke. They spoke of being able to have communication with the universe and the cosmos. They they and I mean the church. You know, they were really persecuted. They were considered heretics because of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but they communicated with extraterrestrials and one group of these beings were called archons you'll often hear things like like oh it's an archonic way you know especially in politics it's very archonic because it's just old and it's very controlling is what it is it's just like they use it as a as a form of speech now but the archons were very aggressive Hmm. um extraterrestrials 
they couldn't really come onto this planet, yet they seem to be able to manipulate mankind's behavior from above. And the whole idea was to enslave humanity. Really? Oh, yes. And just through behaviors. And if you, if you look up the Gnostic tests and, and just Google up the Archons, you'll learn a lot about them. It's A-R-C-H-O-N-S to anybody listening who's interested. So this goes way back. This is, again, you know, pre-religion, before religion took hold. Mm-hmm. And, there's, and there's a whole other thing. With religion and symbolism and all kinds of stuff. So mm-hmm. there, there's definitely a lot of dots that you can easily connect that will answer a lot of questions. So you're, you're let's just say, demon that's been <clears throat> visiting your family for through your lineage. Um, could could your, your grandfather's brother that you saw, could he have interact with it too and tell, tell the demon to buzz off? No, I think it goes a lot further back than that. Um, I don't think my family, immediate family, would have been affected. This is something that reared its head, you know, in, in I mean, you, you can you can actually read about it again. I, I won't get into it all, but um, it, it's very interesting. And at least a couple thousand, even before years, and then again, I visited a location um I, I travel a lot, I'll just say, in Europe, mm-hmm. where I saw another depiction of it within family lines. So I don't know, you know, but again, it can be like extraterrestrials. It's mm-hmm. believed that one gray, for example, the lifespan is so long that if they abduct you and monitor you, chances are they've they've done the same to your ancestors. Mm. And, you know, you start digging back, you t- start talking to, you know, grandparents and such like i found out anyway that holy crap yep there were experiences there mm-hmm. so what again what are we mistaking what we see here mm. or is it just what what religion has taught and stepped in and renamed and you know they've they've amalgamated many cultures and belief systems and making it their own you know mm-hmm. yeah that's quite, the way they explain very, it or something right Give exactly but they also practice. Like, they'll say, oh, no, to the pagans. Let me tell you how many pagan things there are, even in Catholicism. <laughs> okay? Yeah. So, it's it's mind-blowing. Did you grow up religious? <laughs> Never religious. Um, I grew up, <laughs> in a Catholic, yeah, I would say I'm a recovering Catholic. Same here. But, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to quit. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's like it's not like I obviously believe in a creator of sorts, and sure. I believe in, I believe that that many of these people definitely all existed, mm-hmm. without a doubt, and they, and they all had their part to play, um, in this existence and and their time. It's it's the fan. I would say it's a fan club. I don't follow. Mm-hmm. You know, I sure. follow the characters, but not the fan club. Yeah. Because to me, it's a way of controlling the masses and laying stipulations and and making laws that don't exist. You know how many spirits have been stuck because they are afraid mm-hmm. of what they've been taught in sure. religion. Yeah, it's they teach you a lot of bad things, a lot of scary things, right? They do, and yet spirits come back, and I'll say, oh. You know, did you see any of this? It's like, no, it was actually beautiful. Like, it's not at all what people expect. So I'm sorry, the dead do speak. Have you, So speaking to those spirits, do they ever, can they give you like future information or just 
past stuff? Like- oh, man. Can they and will they are two different things. I remember having a lot of communication with my grandfather. He's really psychic. Like, he was just over the top. And he's really, really smart, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember getting a reading done with a friend of mine because he was testing a piece of equipment and, you know, he did a lot of readings with this thing. And I'm like, okay. So hours and hours and hours were spent. And he kept harping my grandfather, you know. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of things that came out. I could hear his voice and I could hear, you know, he validated a lot of things, make me realize, yes, it was him, you know, because I know when I'm doing certain things to keep my mind clear. So there's nothing anything can just grab thoughts from. Mm -hmm. And he kept getting on me about going to France. I'm like, oh, for Pete's sakes. I remember I was going to Romania at this one time. He goes, no, when are you going to France? I'm like, I don't know, Grandpa. You know, when am I going to win the lottery? How about that? Maybe yeah. then I can, I can afford to go to France. Yeah. Like, you know, it was it was just an ongoing thing that went on for a couple of years. Okay. And, and finally, then he started getting really, because um, he was telling me about lineage and bloodlines. And I'm going, oh, my gosh, this sounds like something out of a movie. And then I remember coming home one night, and there was something on my PVR. I'm going, it was all France. And I'm going, what the heck? I said, okay, who freaking taped this? Like, who's got this on the DVR? And they're all looking at me going, it wasn't us. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? They're like, no, why would we record that? I'm like, <laughs> so anyway, <clears throat> I asked my, my buddy, and I said, okay, I, I want another reading. I want to go, I want to talk to him. I want to see what's going on. He goes, okay. And I said, did you put that on? My, my PVR, I guess it was. And and all he said was, now she gets it. I'm like, wow. <laughs> Seriously? But the whole time he was giving me information, there was this woman in the background saying, that's enough. That's enough. But it was so important to my grandfather that I go to this specific location. Mm-hmm. And he told me what I had to look for. He even said, but don't go in the winter. It'll be too hard to get access. I'm like, freaking heck i'm not indiana jones i'm not even doing any of this shit it was it was really insane so anyhow this woman kept telling him and chastising him for giving me this information then i remembered my grandmother used to say to me oh yes your grandfather visited because my grandfather's been gone for a lot of years my grandmother outlived him by like 25 years and she said he'd come to visit, and there was always a woman there. I mean, used to annoy my grandmother. She knew <laughs> she was just a guide, right? Yeah. But she goes, whenever my grandfather would start speaking too much information, that she would she would yank him, and they would be gone. Oh. So <clears throat> I don't know that they are allowed. When my uncle passed, this is my grandfather's son, mm-hmm. he also very psychic. And I said to him when he passed, and, and, and he communicated with me, I said, is it everything you thought it would be? He said, it's more. I said, how? And he said, there's so many lights. I said, what are the lights? He goes, souls. He goes, it's energy. He, I, I go, what is it all? He goes, universe. So, you know, I'm like, mind-blowing. It just tells me that we're, we, what, do we go back to the universe as a collective? What is it exactly? It was deep for me, but it just, you know, it, no, it now makes sense because I, I know what it's about. There, there was a time a few years, about about four years ago, I lost somebody in my family that was real close to me. and um, oh, was, sorry. Uh, it's, it's okay. Thank you. Um, but I was really bummed, right? <clears throat> pretty, pretty, pretty bummed, bad. And I remember I met a woman just in a comic book store. I was there and I met her and she was telling me she was a medium. 
And she's what you tell me now. She kind of said the same thing. She says oh. that when spirits die, when when you die, mm-hmm. you, there's no heaven or hell. Mm-hmm. You can travel among the cosmos. You can leave this this earth. You can travel out. You can visit spirits. You can visit everyone else. You're no longer basically like you're free. Like, yes. like our body is a is a like a prison kind of, if you will. And That's right. It, and it keeps us here grounded. But once you die, you're allowed to go and go wherever you want. Go do what you whatever you want to do with whoever you want. And, you know, just, you're not you're no longer tied to this plane or to this existence. And, you know, that that's one of the biggest things, you know, that's one of the I, I would say the number one thing that people wonder what happens when you die. You know, where what is there? Is there nothing? Well, you know, some people who have died on the, you know on the operating table say there's nothing. Some people say there's a hell. Some people haven't, right? I I tend to think that they might believe that what they've been taught through religion is what maybe creeps into their mind as their brain shutting down. One hundred percent. Yeah, that's what I feel. It's ingrained into you from birth, mm-hmm. I swear. Yeah. And unfortunately it holds a lot of people back. Do you know that there are some hospitals that have done um experiments in operating rooms and they have these messages at the top that basically they're like scrolling billboards right Mm -hmm. anyway um there have been reports of people leaving their body during surgery or they die and they can see themselves on the operating table but they go up and they see the message and there are a couple of hospitals that even go to the extent every day of changing the message they put the date and they'll say they'll put a little message with it and when they are told these stories by the patient they'll say oh did you see anything he goes yeah i saw your sign up there oh what was the message this was the message it's really freaky but it's definitely something i think it's it's fascinating. I, I, We're I not limited to our car. In fact, there are theories that state that when you sleep at night, your body does not, your spirit does not stay in your body. The body, it's like putting the car in the garage at night. Do you sleep in it? No. Mm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, maybe some people do. Yeah, I was I don't know. Say, I've, I've had but, some nights like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. You know, but yeah. on an average, you go to sleep. And your spirit leaves. There's some mm. people that believe you travel all over the place. There's some people believe that you actually go and assist other people who are passing and need to be brought over. Um, whereas, if again, if you're in the extraterrestrial world, it's like, no, you're taken, but you're helping others. There's a thing, you know, it's something like 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 a keeper. Um, there's an, maybe another name for it, but it is your job if you agree to work with them where they will go in and they will get you to help others who are on the ships to keep them calm and to explain things to them. Hmm. This, it's crazy. Watchers, I think that's what they are. So, I mean, I know I've done this. I know I have. You know, I've agreed, I agreed, you know, like, yeah, whatever, I'll work with you. I, I've done little things, hmm. you know, for them because you- it's just, it keeps them, I want, I don't want them bugging my kids until, like, my kids are all adults. Mm-hmm. But if this is something that gets passed down, I need to make sure their comfort level is okay with it, you so, know? So do you think, like, our, our dreams are maybe another realm or dimension and that's just mm-hmm. somewhere we go and we can, some people can have lucid dreams and control? Mm-hmm. 
I used to have amazing lucid dreams. I could fast forward my dreams, start them over, pick up night after night where I left off, go back to my favorite parts. Oh, yeah. And I found that when I started having, um, I found that my dreams started getting blocked. And I think it was because, um, like, I could never remember anything anymore, let alone control them. I think it's maybe because maybe ET intervention at that point. They mm-hmm. wanted me to, okay, quit goofing around, got to start working. You know, I was supposed to, the only thing I ever remember now are messages, either messages or um, downloads of information. Um, you know, those one time I had, I thought was a dream. I'm like, wow, am I remembering a dream? And um, it was a spirit that we had assisted and he was trying to reach out to get um, a colleague of his assistant. Now, please bear in mind, um, um, these gentlemen were exorcists, okay. and um, they were in trouble. So we went in, and we assisted both of them. They're both passed away, but you know they were being held on to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I found that to be fascinating. But when I got the messages, I had to delve and research and research and research. Now it seems I can only remember those kind of things. But answer to your question, I believe when we sleep, I believe it's not only places that we travel to, but I believe that maybe we're getting snippets of, of our past lives, like deja vu maybe. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a snippet of someplace we've we've been within our travels or been in another life. So when you dimensions. Say, we're slipping into dimensions maybe. So when you say past lives, do you do you think we reincarnate? Um, I believe we do. Mm. I believe we do reincarnate. There's a lot of old, uh, you know, texts throughout an- the ancients that definitely say we reincarnate. Um, I believe that we do because it's really hard when you're getting into that sort of thing also unless you've got memories. You know, some people mm-hmm. can be rest. Uh, but then sometimes you have imprints. Yeah. You know, they'll say, oh, you have imprints from another life. But mm-hmm. could it be maybe that you have imprint from your ancestors like dna imprint Hmm. just like experiences of your ancestor if you have an ancestor who's been in the war for example Mm -hmm. that is going to leave one heck of an imprint in his dna which clearly passes down to you Hmm. and if your if your energy is is able to pick up on all of these emotions if you're really empathic you will feel that so we kind of an amalgamation of all of our ancestors I believe we are to a degree, sure. It's not just past lives. It's ancestral. Huh. It's blood. Damn. I did a whole show on this, seriously. There's just so much. I'm giving you snippets of things. Honestly, like there's so much that you could just get into. It's unbelievable. It's it's I'm I'm fascinated right now. I mean so yeah. so, so you've been talking. You said you've you've talked your your grandpa's talked to you and you know going to France and good things. Have you gotten any detrimental information from your from spirits? Um, well, my grandfather literally laid down the building blocks of one entire ancestral line that I was supposed to look for, and I found everything. Even by going to France and, and Scotland and all kinds of places, I found everything. I've been to places where I found past life things. I've been. It's all information that's been given to me. But have you have you been like maybe gotten any type of information that was like, hey, um, you're gonna you know lose your dog or this family member yes. is gonna die. 
Yes, uh, well, I've had readings where that's been where that's been done. So the spirits come through in, in a whole other way. They'll come through the you know the vessel. I had two dogs die within three months, and and the medium just looked at me. It was like, oh, you know, she goes, oh, I just want to read you for fun. I'm like, okay. I was like, wow, <laughs> and yes. it happened. So yeah, one way or another, they definitely reach out. Yeah, um, it's weird because like my family member that died, I had dreams about him dying. The way he died and everything happened. The way mm-hmm. I dreamt about it, like ten years earlier, right? I don't know how to explain any of that. Um, it was almost word for word. Something almost happened with my mom. Right. What happened in my dream? She was gonna die, but when it, when everything unfolded, like the next year, everything was unfolding. I changed it. I didn't. I didn't do what I did in my dream, and she survived. I don't know if that means anything. <laughs> when you when you dream of death, uh-huh. um. It usually means something entirely different. Dreams aren't always what you see. When you dream of death or people dying, it usually means that it's the birth of something new coming, whether it's the birth of a situation, a new step in your life, um, whether it's the birth, let's say, of a child, or Mm -hmm. it basically means that one thing is ending and something else is opening for you. Okay. I mean, like I said, it was weird. Like I said, with my brother, that's who had passed away was my brother, and I dreamt of... How the, how the whole thing unfolded, I dreamt about it 10 years before. and, and oh, like oh, that's a premonition. That's, that's entirely different. So where does that come from? Um, that's a sinability. I have a sister who can do all kinds of premonition stuff. It's her, it was her greatest gift throughout, throughout you know, um, growing up. She could tell when the phone was going to ring. She could tell who it was yeah, going to be. Yeah, I have that. I have that. Yeah, that's premonition. Get you, should really, you should research that and probably work on it a little more but do those come from spirits um it comes probably from the universe you know do you have spirits telling you something possibly but part of your ability is just tapping in Hmm. to the universe something is coming through your guides might be telling you interesting yeah so do any of your kids have the same capabilities as you they all do but some of them them are in denial (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) Yeah, really. Yeah, my daughter is pretty it, open about it. My youngest son is. Nah, I don't have any abilities. You know, yeah. I'm like, uh, yeah, you do. <laughs> my middle son just he's too, he's just too like cool and athletic for it. Yeah, you know, no like thanks. they're all adults now, but yeah, they all do it. They they're all into meditating and evolving themselves and so on. Did you say your daughter has it? Oh yeah, for sure. Now, I saw a show one time, and I can't remember what it was. I saw this years ago, like, where you talked about your daughter being, like, told something from, like, a, a dead family member. Uh, my daughter's often been told stuff by all kinds of of, um, of spirits. I can't recall now if what the exact story was, unfortunately. <laughs> okay, no, that's why. That's why. <laughs> it's for four years ago. I don't know. It was, it was, but, yeah, she, she would get all kinds of messages, you know, so absolutely. Okay, so I got. If I said it, it would have happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that's fair enough. So one last question. Um, yes. So I saw an episode on Ghostly Encounter. It was the episode uh, "Comfort from Beyond the Grave." Yes. And yeah. you had that. It's the only friend. time I've ever told that story. Yeah. Yeah, that was heart wrenching. So your your good friend, just a quick synopsis. Your good friend passed, right? Yes. Somebody you were really close with. Yes. And he came back to you. When you were working in a diner, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I was working at a restaurant. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. So, so do you believe that that was actually him? That like I know it. Yeah, hundred percent. So 100%. the spirit could project to you 
in your real life, non-dream, just sit there I, and talk to you? No, I can't even explain that one. That one was a person who was there in flesh and blood and who was so similar, not only in appearance to my friend, um, but just started talking to me with memories of, like he had just stepped in and just knew it. He had been passed for about a year at that point, I think, if memory serves me right. And I just knew. I just knew the very first moment I saw him. I just dropped my tray. I just knew it was him. And he, you know, and he just started picking up in a conversation, you know, that we had had many times. And um, he had the softest skin of anyone I'd ever known other than a baby. Mm-hmm. And he took my hand and put it on his face, and it was and it was just like soft, 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 soft. and and he, and and it's just it was his eyes I looked into. It was just the most bizarre experience I've ever had. I've never had one before that, and I've never had one since oh, like that. Gosh. Yeah, That's... he's communicated with me in other ways, but nothing like that. That was something that just reached across time somehow, the grave somehow, and and it was there. I'll never explain it. I got more emails about that episode than any episode I'd ever done before. It was fascinating. I was like, I got to ask her when I talked about it. Yeah, the network got all kinds of of of, of um, feedback, of emails and stuff. Yeah, yeah, a lot. I still to this day get get stuff on that one. You know, you're gonna have to do some memoirs or write a book or something or make a TV series because I've turned I've turned down both oh, <laughs> many times. Many times I've turned down more more of my own series. I've turned down. I don't have time to write a book, but I will one day, maybe when I retire. You should. <laughs> you're you're a great vessel of knowledge, and I it was really an honor to talk to you. Well, thank you. Maybe we can do it again sometime. I would love that. Um, thanks everybody okay. for listening to Creeps in the Night. Uh, Michelle De Roche was our guest, and do you want to give a plug to any of your stuff? Yeah, um, you can find me michellederoche.com. You can find me on my own show every Wednesday, Thursday night, uh, The Outer Realm uh, with Michelle Deroche and Amelia Pisano. You see guests from all over the world at the top of their fields coming on. And you can find me in the Gray Zone Uncensored with Joe Montaldo every Saturday from 6 till 8 p.m. Eastern. And the other show, Outer Realm, is 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Busy yeah. Woman. Busy woman. Uh, I am. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for joining us, and hopefully we'll get to talk to you again. Oh, absolutely. I'd love to. Okay. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Bye.